Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me, as always, Chad Cruz. And Chad, how you doing? It is officially winter. I mean, I'm I'm living in a the plant, ice planet Hoth over here right now. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys got some snow up where you're from. Um, I got a little bit. Did some uh, did some shoveling today. Uh, start starting to get the old horse voice going. So yeah, it's officially winter. It really is, and uh, you know, hopefully, but you know, before we know it, it'll be over. So just gotta weather the storm, literally and figuratively. You weather the. Three months of shriveled balls, yeah, hard nipples, uh, yeah, and then you make it through, yeah. Uh, and we made it through Commando last time, Chad. And uh, what a way to start off our 2022 season with uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. And somebody left a, uh, a question on our uh, on about when was was this the last time that the indestructible lead was seen. I'm not sure I even understand what they were talking about. The indestructible lead, like a lead actor. Oh, lead. There you go. I took it as lead. I'm like, did what is that? Was Vernon Wells wearing a lead? Oh my (laughs) god. That wasn't wasn't indestructible. I guess I'm Chad the brain now. I don't know. Well, I would think he's the hero. I wouldn't fucking call him the lead. I mean, he was the lead. I got you now. All right. Well, there you go. That way. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It does. And, and to answer the question, uh, I don't think that it was no, because because we, yeah, there were Rambo movies after it. Rambo movies. We've got The Rock, who you know currently who's indestructible. Um, yeah. Now, is it one of the best that it's ever, you know, been done that in that fashion? I think so. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's the last, for sure. Lead or lead. So I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Lead, because yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe I was thinking about Superman and lead. I don't you know. know he, your... he can't. He can't see through it. I think you might be. Uh, I don't know. You might be on something. Uh, some sort of amphetamine or something. Perhaps, but most likely not. But yeah, we did talk about Commando last time, and we also did something with the Commando recently. Ooh. It was our first giveaway. Uh, and we had some lucky winners, including Jim is awesome on Twitter, and not you, Remo. <laughs> you did not win anything. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, and for those of you who do not know, The Commando is now available on digital and on demand in this edge-of-your-seat thriller starring Michael Jai White and Mickey Rourke. An elite DEA agent must protect his family from money-hungry hungry criminals after finding $3 million in their home. Buy or rent The Commando and watch it today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. So yeah, that's just another reason, Chad, to follow us on social media. Yeah, it is. Remo agrees. And uh, <laughs> if you're a dog lover, this is the podcast for you. Yeah. So yeah, that, just another that great reason. Of, was that the sound of you slicing your dog's throat? No, that's he, he's uh, he's brought his Batman toy in oh. here and wants me to throw it to him. Uh, and if I don't comply, he uh, lets me know about it uh, in, in very various ways and most of them make noise so be prepared everybody it's going to be a great edition of the bulletproof podcast but yeah as i was saying just another great reason to to follow us on social media at bulletproof pod on twitter and at bulletproof action on facebook and instagram all right chad well let's get in to the topic of discussion on this episode it's another one uh, one of your favorites i believe it is it is indeed Best of the Best, released November 10, 1989. Uh, now, was this one you saw in your youth? Yes, it is. It, it's one that I go way back with. And I can't say how old I was when I first saw it, but, uh, and I'm, I'm sure it probably wasn't, you know, 89, but definitely early 90s, uh, right around the time that I was kind of, you know, geeking out hardcore over martial arts movies. Right. And this movie just kind of hit differently. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't ridiculous. Uh, it felt like real martial arts. It wasn't just a, you know, dudes doing crazy flips and kicks, and and there wasn't like a bad guy, quote unquote. Right. Um, it was just a, a fun sports movie about martial artists. So yeah, it, it had a whole different feel to it, and it really connected with me. Yeah, this is one I did not see back in the day, and I remember my one of my closest friends in high school. Charlie, hello, if you're listening. Uh, he loved this movie and was all about this movie. I, I don't know. I think seeing it at the video store and seeing this Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, and Sally Kirkland. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. how is this a martial arts movie? No, thank you. I'll just watch this. I don't know. Showdown with Billy Blanks. <laughs> right. Little did you yeah. know. Right. Robert Radler directed both of those films. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Best of the best directed by Robert Radler. Uh, so, yeah, going into this, you know, I'm going to come into it like uh, this is something I just have seen in recent years. I think I caught bits and pieces of it here or there, but finally sat down and watched the whole thing. I don't know, a few years back because I actually covered it for, for the site. Yeah. Um, so you're going to kind of come into this thing with a lot of nostalgia. Right. And for me, this is something that I just kind of watched recent, not too long ago. So two different uh, perspectives, I suppose, but yeah, best of the best released November 10th, 1989 directed by Robert Radler, who also directed the sequel, which is the one best of the best movie I have yet to see. I love, I love, and I, love, I hear love. great things about that one. Yeah. And it, it kind of, you know, all the ways that I connected with this, this first one, it kind of, it's not that uh, right. in the way that it's not like a legitimate sports competition. Right. It actually has a bad guy and it has people dying and it has, it's much more a product. It has of Wayne it, Newton. As Wayne Newton, for God's sake. Um, 
Yeah, this but is the one that great. sounds like it's I'd really be good. more interested in the second one than I was necessarily and we've, in this first And one. we've talked multiple times about how much rich white people love watching other people fight to yeah. the death. And that is best of the best, too. It's like that gladi- gladiatorial uh, competition kind of thing going on. Right. I just watched some uh, Lionheart again for the nine yeah. millionth time last week. On it, its is, anniversary. it is direct-to-video Lionheart. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, Redler did best of the best too. We just yeah. mentioned Showdown, TNT, one of your favorite Olivier Gruner movies. No, it's not. Uh, our, and then the the last two substitute sequels, three and four, were also Robert Redler. But let's get into it. We meet uh, Alex Grady, played by Eric Roberts. Uh, he's an auto worker and a single dad, and uh, we see him doing some classic dad things yeah. right away, teaching uh, his young son Walter. Right. How to ride a bike. Right. Hopefully that doesn't uh, backfire later in the film. Mm. <laughs> no, but it's great because, you know, Alex is the middle America. Or it's actually, I don't know. No, he's right. actually in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. But he's working in like a, a car manufacturing facility and punching the clock, literally like see him on, on the screen punching the clock and struggling with his, with his uh, being a single parent. So, yeah, it's. It's a good little introduction to him. And then we're introduced to our other main star, maybe our other lead or lead, yeah. uh, Tommy Lee. I guess lead. Uh, yeah, Philip Ree. He's a martial arts instructor, again, working with kids. So another kind of, you know, just somebody you could relate to, I suppose. If yeah. You're, uh, especially now, maybe back then, now you could relate to him in a completely different way. James. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I, it's funny because – when I was watching this uh, just recently for this for this podcast, um, my wife had walked in as the scene this scene came on. So she sees all these kids. She's like, "What are you watching?" Right. Damn it! It's best of the best. Yeah, and well, is it? We'll find out. All right. So both <laughs> Maybe Tommy, to me. both Tommy and Alex receive letters of invitation tryout for the U.S. Karate Team, um, and then Alex's mom. You know, she's a classic mom. Uh, she's worried. Uh, Alex has been, we found out he's been out of competition. His shoulder is basically just garbage put together surgically. Um, you know, so he's been out of, he's been out of competitive tournaments for the past three years. Uh, and, you know, then she does what mothers do best and lays on the guilt trip about his son yeah. and what's going to happen if, you know, he's hurt and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, but uh, Alex. He, he, he shakes it off. He's going to go for it. Well, he needs it, you know, and we find out more as we go along. But, uh, you know, he's not been the same since his injury and since he left competition. So it, it really seems like, you know, come hell or high water, he's going to be doing it. Right. He, he really has to. Um, and now the American team will be opposing the Koreans. Uh, and most notably on that team, the, the leader – Played by Simon Ree, the actual real life brother of Philip Ree, is uh, Day Han Park. Yeah. Um, and it is very clear in just the brief moments we see of them early on that they take their martial arts very seriously in Korea, Chad. Oh my God. They're uh, just a bunch of badasses. They're running through snow and uh, punching trees and fucking doing push ups, going down the stairs. And uh, it, it, it's great because it's. You know, there's multiple montages throughout the whole film. Um, so they all kind of run together at some point. But you get to see how the Americans train and then how the Koreans train. And it's like 
it's like watching Superman and then watching like General Zod, you know, using right. their powers. Like, hey, right. they get the same powers, only he's melting people with his eyes. Right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, uh, Simon Reeve was, wasn't originally supposed to be in the film. It was just that uh, uh, I think they had another actor picked out, but uh, Philip and Simon had such good chemistry, obviously, from training together for 20 odd years mm-hmm. um, that they, they really wanted that final fight scene to, to click on, a, on another level, which it does. Um, so Simon got the part. He certainly did. And, uh, that, that's probably the highlight of the movie for me is just their interaction. Yes. And that whole, that whole storyline. That's more of the classic martial arts movie that I would have been intrigued by, I think. Cause there, there's, you know, some personal feelings. It's not just, yeah. oh, yeah. we're just, we're just a sporting event, which again, whatever. All right. And, and I think they do a good job. And when we get to that point, we'll talk about it, but it comes across well. It definitely does. So, yeah, we're going to go to the tryouts now. That's where we're going to meet Coach Frank Cuso, played by the legendary James Earl Jones. And as we record this, Chad, yeah, it is his 91st birthday. Holy shit, holy. So, yeah, I did not know he, that. He is a, a definite legend, obviously, uh, from many, many movies. Uh, the voice of Darth Vader, um, Soul Man, one of your favorites. The Sandlot. Uh, the Sandlot. Love it. So, yeah, James Earl Jones, a, a definite icon. And, uh, you know, we're going to get get more of it as we get in. But that voice of his is, is really perfect for this role as uh, the authoritarian coach. But before we get to that, we meet Mr. Italian, Sonny Grasso. Yeah. The Buddhist, Virgil Keller, played by John Dye, who we <clears throat> talked about in our Perfect Weapon episode. And then Travis Brickley, played by Chris Penn, the loudmouth cowboy from... Miami? Yeah, that makes no sense, but okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even think I necessarily caught that the last, but I was like, what? wait a minute. Maybe Why he's like he... Florida Georgia line. No, he's Miami. Damn it, they should have made him like Florida Georgia line guy. Yeah, like if he was from the upper part of... Yeah. I could see it, but Miami's... Whatever. Strange, yeah. It, strange it, choice. It strange choice indeed. So... We, we meet these guys. Uh, we've also already seen, uh, obviously, uh, Tommy and Alex get a little montage going on just to kind of move these tryouts along because I'm sure they're just freaking fascinating to watch. <laughs> they're actually there. Uh, so. There's no real, like, rhyme or reason of what's happening either. It's, no, they're just like, yeah, they just ran. Hey, you and you. Yeah, it's oh. not like a 64-man bracket. You know, right. it's just like, oh, just fight some random dudes and – uh, which, you know, it's funny cause I don't know who, who's your least favorite of the, of the five. Uh, it probably would be, I mean, Travis probably just cause he's a jerk, but I know that's what he's supposed to be. Right. So you, he needs to have that moment. I mean, the most useless is Sonny to me. Sonny is dog shit. And he, <laughs> as much as I hate Virgil, <laughs> I, at least I think that his stuntman looks good when he does kicks and he appears to have some ability and he's John Dye from the perfect weapon. Right, so he gets the a perfect weapon. Points. Yeah. Who, who the hell is this? Sonny Grasso. Gra- David Agresta plays him. He, this is his only credit. Exactly. Because so he's, he's, he's bad. He's, he must've just been a real martial arts guy or he's just a bad actor or both. I don't think he was a real martial arts dude because he is not good. And, and, right. and that's one of the things that, you know, as you watch this film, at the time, maybe not as much, but now you watch it back and I'm like, man, you got to get really 
creative with the editing for some of these fight scenes. And then you watch Philip Reed and you're like, Jesus, he's so good. Which is, uh, so, yeah. And it's so odd though, because how many freaking legitimate martial artists were out there? I know. I that know. you could have slid in that role. Right. It's not like That's, David Agresta is so good as an actor. You had to Right. Exactly. That. How did this guy get in this movie? Because yeah, he's not <clears throat> an actor. He's not a martial artist. He's nothing. He's, he's just Italian. A guy. He's Italian. He's, yeah, he's Italian, and he thought all the women would want him just based on the fact that he was Italian. Right. Maybe if you were the only Italian guy in the world, but there's a ton of Italian guys in the world. What makes you so special, Sonny Grasso? Nothing. Nothing piece makes you special, shit. sir. The piece of shit is right. All right, so he's – yes, we can agree Sonny sucks. <laughs> uh, but here's somebody who does not suck. No. Freaking John P. Ryan. Man. I mean, this guy is awesome in everything he's in. I've never seen him into something and been like, well, that sucked. Yeah. No. John P. Ryan owns it, and he's Mr. Jennings. Uh, he does not betray everyone. Uh, you know, <laughs> Surprisingly. He, he, he could easily be a bad guy. Uh, I love him as a bad guy. But he's like kind of the head of the group that's financing the U.S. karate team. So he's basically they were the ones paying for it, so they got the same right. what's going on. Or, or at least they're the ones who hired Frank Cuso. Um, and then, you know, he kind of maybe steps the line there and says, wait a minute, you want uh, this Alex Grady? He's damaged goods. You know, I was there. His, his shoulder got jacked up three years ago. And Kuzo's like, well, he's on the he's on the team. So, right. Shockingly, the five man team that is announced to represent America are the five guys that we've been introduced to. How about that? There was no uh, dark horse, no surprise. Uh the Undertaker didn't show up as the fifth mystery man. <laughs> it was me. It was, me. <laughs> it, it, was uh, it was the five guys, including freaking Sonny. Which is funny because uh, when when John P. Ryan's like, "Oh, this guy, he's messed up. His shoulders jacked up." Kuzo could have been like, "Have you seen these jabronis out here? <laughs> these guys are right. terrible. I'm taking this Italian dude who can't win for shit. I'm taking the best of the rest." <laughs> Basically, uh, we're it's going to be Philip Ree or bust. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Hitching our wagon to Philip Ree and let's see how far we can go. Yeah. So, so then we get, you know, the teams assembled, they go to the locker room and, and the, the first meeting with the coach. And like I mentioned earlier, that booming voice uh, that, you know, cause James Earl Jones, again, like I said at the beginning, seeing it, like when I'm thinking martial arts <laughs> instructors, you think I'm, not James thinking, Earl Jones. I'm not thinking James Earl Jones what? at all. I'm not. But he is so good and yeah. that voice and he's just commanding that I believe he could teach me right. how to do whatever the hell they're doing. Taekwondo, karate, whatever. Yeah. They're whatever. not very clear on that either because it's the no. U.S. karate team, but yeah, it's right. a taekwondo but, competition. But they're in the taekwondo competition. So, yeah. So, um. So yeah, he introduces himself. You you're gonna call him coach or Mr. Kuzo, um, and then he's got some rules: no women, no drugs, no alcohol. He expects them to eat, drink, and shit competition for the next three months. He's he's a he's a man about punctuality. Don't yeah. ever be late, Chad. Don't ever ever. You you'd be screwed with him if he was in charge of this website and this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but in real life, I'm never late. I'm always super early. Okay. So it's just uh, it's just when it comes you, to the website, you just, yeah. You slack off on. Yes, okay. that's right. Good. Glad glad your priorities are in order. You got it. Um, a team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. 
well, then we don't have much of a team here, Bulletproof Action. No, you I'm bastard. kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, the thing. And, and they're basically going to – he also said you got one night to go out. Uh, but first we get the little pairings. We get to see who's rooming with who. And, uh, of course, Alex and Tommy are roomies because they're the ones we're going to care about the most. Virgil and Travis get to be roommates. And and this is another part where you can tell that Sonny's the jabroni of the team. Yeah. Because he's, like, there with Don, the stats guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a major dweeb. Like, Don, the stats guy, doesn't even get his own room because he's just, like, an underling. And, oh, yeah, just you, you hang out with Sonny and listen to opera and look at your stats. Right, and John P. Ryan comes in like, you guys get first class, anything, whatever you want. And then it's like, really? Because everybody's sharing rooms. Right. Well, that's probably some team building. Including Don. Maybe Frank wanted that for frank is with sally kirkland oh yeah good for him uh so yeah so that last night out they go to some kind of honky tonk bar uh it's a little dancing with the ladies oh, but yeah. then uh they're dancing in another form you get to fight with some of the good old boys notably kane hotter's bert yeah yeah it's a cool scene you know how many we we've talked about it on think episode two about our favorite barroom brawls Oh yeah, and this is always one of mine and and it it doesn't disappoint even you know 30 years old there's still some good brawling in it kane hotter gets his ass kicked by chris penn and everyone else philip Rees like kicking cigarettes out of people's mouths it's uh and then you watch everybody else on the team and none of them are any good like (laughs) virgil's running around a pool table like it's really bad. Uh, yeah. Well, he put, yeah, he takes the light. Yeah. The, the light above the pool table, but, which uh, is a classic martial arts move. A classic. Yeah. Well, he's Buddhist. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun scene. You know what I mean? Like there's like a lot of ass kickings in it and tables getting broken. And um, it's a team building, another team building exercise. Certainly is. All right. Well then the next day and you, you mentioned her Sally Kirkland shows up. Plays Catherine Wade, and uh, Mr. Jennings has basically arranged for her to be a part of this team. And uh, not, you know, Coach Cuso's like, what? I don't know. I got, I got, uh, I got good old Don. I don't need Don over here. I don't need anybody else. I don't, you know, we're good. Uh, So Wade, you know, she has some impressive credentials. um, And, but what really, that doesn't really impress Cuso, but when she kind of stands up for herself. Yeah. That, that earns the respect and, uh, you know, she's on board and she's basically there for the mental game. Yes. Yeah. She's like, uh, Oh, I've lived in the far East for many years and I know how these people think and, and train. So I'm going to help you on the mental side, which, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Cause Don's got the physical side. Oh well, yeah. And he's got the stats to back it up. <laughs> uh, so the training begins, we get, you know, classic running sit-ups, uh, and then the team gets to meet Catherine Wade, which of course, allows uh, our good buddy Miami Cowboy to be a little sexist. Yep. Good for him. I wish, he, he's I, always, I mean, he, if something inappropriate is going to be said, it will be said. Yeah. That's what he's by, there for. Uh, right. By Travis. And, right. you know, I think that the running laps portion, like he should have been way behind them. Yeah. Cause like, let's, I, let's be honest. He's not like a physically fit dude. No. I mean, he. I mean, he's definitely not now, and he certainly wasn't then either. He's, I mean, he's dead. Better, he? 
Oh, well, he definitely is not. No, it's a true yeah. statement. <laughs> he's super dead, I think. <laughs> he's not physically fit if he's dead. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah, he's dead. He died in 2006. Rest in peace. R.I.P., motherfucker. <laughs> you fat. I wonder if it was like a heart disease. Or Probably. Something. I don't know. He was only 40, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, he was like 24 when they made this film. Yeah. Okay. Well, How about that? Yeah, and supposedly I remember listening to uh, an interview with Philip Ree, and he talked about how hard Chris Penn worked. So he was a very hard worker. There you go. And does he return for the second? Does he? He's in the second one. He is he? in the second one, and and you'll, he, you'll he dies, doesn't he? Don't you spoil this? I never saw it, but I think I heard about um, it. He's he plays a great role in it. Let's put it that way. Okay, a well, very I, useful I, role. I need to track that one down. It's a good one. It's uh, I've. Uh, I remember somewhere. seeing a little bit. I'm pretty bit sure it's of it. on YouTube, actually. To be honest, I saw, with you. saw a little bit of it once, and it was like a, right in the middle. I think they were in like a TP, and they were visiting a shaman. Sunny Landom. Sunny Landom. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Maybe that's what caught my attention, and I yeah. was like, "And I'm like, wait a minute, no, I'm not going to start this movie right now. I got to catch it from the beginning, and then I never saw it again." So it's very good. You'll love it. I, I can't wait. So yeah, they meet Catherine Wade. Uh, she's. You know, tells them what she's there for about their concentration. Quote Steve or Steve, Steve Lombardi. Sorry. Steve Lombardi. Yep. Vince Lombardi, uh, and uh, not the Brooklyn Brawler. Um, and uh, yeah, so winning is an all the time thing. And uh, again, more more points for her for that. Right. Have you seen Sally Kirkland recently? By the way, I have not. Uh, we lost touch back in about ninety seven. Find a picture of her. She <laughs> is. Has not aged well. Let's put it that way. Now she's pretty old. She was a good ten to fifteen years older than all the actors in this at the time of filming. But she looks like she she's had a rough go of it. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see how you look when you're whatever age she hey, is. Hey, I ain't now. living that long. What are you kidding? That, kidding that's me? true. That's true. All right. So. All right, then we go back to the rooms, and just before lights out, a very strange conversation takes place. Just like, I don't know what they're, oh, when did you start uh, training in the martial arts? Oh, I was four. Oh, okay. Do you have any brothers or sisters? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm shutting the light off, says Tommy Lee, and uh, that was the end of the conversation. So I was like, well, that was kind of odd. Alex doesn't seem to pick up on it, but I picked up on it. I'm like, well, that's strange strange line of questioning though i mean i mean if you right, said well, like, you got you got a family you know right you know it went from how old were you when you do you have any brothers or sisters? why right i didn't understand none of your freaking business exactly exactly um so the next day they come oh no first off we get the dueling training montage oh yeah that's this important. is a Don't montage miss. heavy movie. It really is. And, and it's got the music to back it up. Now you don't have any like those bangers. Like you get another training, right. you know, it's not Rocky three or Rocky four. It's not, you know, blood sport, but it does have good music. Yeah. Um, it's just not really. It's not catchy elite music. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be like humming it. Uh, right. When you're done. It's not it fits, it fits. It fits the scene, but it's, it's yeah. right. So we get those uh, again. The, the the contrast, compare and contrast the two teams, um, and then the next day, uh, the meeting is called where the American team will learn about the Korean team and more specifically who they will be facing. I'm not going to even bother with some of the matchups, but obviously the ones we care about: James freaking Lou. Oof. 
is on the Korean team. Um, and he's going to be Alex's opponent. But Tommy will have to go up against Korea's best, Daehan Park. And this is where we get our first Tommy flashback. And we find out something quite emotional, Chad Cruz. It is. It's, uh, you know, I think it's one of the more powerful scenes in the movie where he drops his ice cream cone. <laughs> That's what we're talking about, right? You know, this comes up later. He dropped his ice cream cone. Yeah. He did not see the ice cream cone hit the floor. Okay. Of You know what I'm saying? When it happened. He was looking at his brother dead on the mat. Oh, that part. Yeah. Dehan he, he didn't look at his brother. Yeah. yeah. He didn't look at the ice cream cone falling underneath the bleachers. Right. But later in the movie, when he sees the ice cream cone hit the right parking lot of the gas station or wherever the hell they're at, it's like he's remembering it. No, dude, you, that, well, you, didn't, you didn't see that. Maybe you're focusing on the wrong part because he's not – it's not like the – I don't think that the ice cream cone triggered his memory. I think the memory was triggered by the two brothers – Oh, you're right, Chad. You know what I mean? Once again, I'm wrong. Yeah, that's twice. But it's stupid anyway. It's, ice cream cone. It's but, stupid. you know, the ice cream, it, it's a its a visual. You know, I understand. They got to have something in there. They can't. Just, otherwise, they would have just had like two little Korean kids or something. You know what I mean? Like, that looks just like me. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we get the flashback, uh, which then leads into another training montage. And there is a best yes. of the best song. There is. And that's what's used in this particular training montage. They should have hammered that one home more, and then maybe that would have become a memorable song, but it just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, they could have played it like during the uh, – uh, when they were doing the, the little fighting competition earlier. They could have played it then. That would have made, right. made sense yeah. then. But... Sprinkle it throughout. <laughs> and that, then you've made yourself – a memorable song that right. would be on the bulletproof action uh greatest hits album right all right well then we move into a sparring session between tommy and travis um where coach and he, again this is kind of where it, it, this movie starts muddying itself as it goes on so coach believes tommy is holding back and that he's afraid of something but then we find out that he later knew he was the coach of Tommy's brother. Yeah. So like, wouldn't he already know? Uh, I don't know. I think so here, here's my thought process, right? So yeah. So Kuzo was the coach of Tommy's brother and we find out throughout the rest of the film. Okay. He, he never wants to, to go into another competition with a team that's not ready. Right. He, that he won't allow it to happen. So he's got to push everybody to the limit. He, was hoping that he could, that Tommy wasn't the way that he is, I guess. You can see that Tommy's holding back. You know, he's beating the shit out of Travis, but he's not going to, he's not finishing him. He's not, you know, that, that last punch to put him down or to put him under or whatever. Like he's not finishing the fight. He just like throws him and then that's it. And he kind of walks away. And Travis is a prick. You know, he's always going to like, he keeps trying to cheat and stuff. So I think that the, I think, I don't think it's as bad as it seems to you, maybe, or maybe it's that nostalgia, and I'm going to love it. That's what I'm talking right. That this is what I'm talking about. When you see things when you're younger, it could do no wrong, but when you look at it later, you're uh, questioning things more. 
But I, you're, I do think that I'm an old cynical bastard is what I'm saying now. I think a, so. And, not, but, a, not a youngster who thought the world was all ahead of me and everything was going to be great. But coach is, he's riding Tommy hard because he, he knows why he's is the way he is. You know what I mean? Like he's got, okay. he's got to ride him. All right. Well, you, you, and he, he, he wants to hear Tommy admit what he's afraid of. He does. Future. Yeah. He does. He knows what he's afraid of. He wants him to say it. Okay. Well yeah. that, that makes a little bit more sense. So of course, that, go on. Having said that, let's go into another set of montages. Yeah. Why not? Another <laughs> set of dueling montages. Oh. We get a little bit more flashbacks. Then we get a dueling montage. Then some more drama. Let's load in the drama because Alex gets news that his son was riding that bike and got hit by a car. You see, if he would have not taught his son how to ride a yep. bike, this would not have happened. Yep. And he built the car that hit him. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Yeah. That is awesome. I never thought of that until just now. You're on fire tonight. I am. All right. So, yeah, we've got. Uh, We've got this situation. So he's like, hey, coach, you know, my kid just got hit by a freaking car that I built and I taught him how to ride the bike. So I really feel responsible. Plus, it's just my kid. Even if all that stuff didn't happen, right. I probably want to be at the hospital with him because he doesn't have a mom. And even if he did, I still better be there if I want to save my marriage. So, uh, you know, but the coach is like, screw you, asshole. He's I said like, three tough. months. Tough shit. Where are your priorities? We're leaving for Korea in three days. Right. And if you leave, you're out. You're not going. All right. Well, then I'm not going, I guess. So he's off to Portland to see his son, uh, who he finds out is in a coma. So I guess <laughs> Walter wouldn't have known his dad was there or not anyway. That's but true. anyhow. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. But this is, this comes and goes, Chad. This, it's this, quick. Yeah. We, we had too much time spent on montages. Yeah. We don't have a lot of freaking time for stories right now. Yeah. So this thing is in and out. Which I appreciated <laughs> because he, he pops right out of the coma. We lose the dramatic part of the film, which, okay, we already have one other side story. We don't, we already have the whole right. thing and, between Dehan and Tommy. We don't need this. Right. But it, that, it does help because in the end, you know, yeah. Grady comes back and, and the coach Cuzo gets to, he gets to kind of change, gets to evolve a little bit and become less of an asshole. Um, and he grows as a person, I think. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. I like, you know, it's some just a, yeah, Remo doesn't care for it. I don't, <laughs> I know it's, it's crazy. You know what, you know what though? Cuzo was so ready to get the uh, the alternate. Like, uh, that's another like, thing I'd like to talk going, about. Get him going, man. These that's guys another were, thing I'd like to talk about. Get the guy that Virgil beat in the competition. Shouldn't the alternates have been with them the whole time? You with maybe those guys who were like <laughs> counting for them. Maybe one of those guys is an alternate. Like I would think those people would be on because somebody could have got injured. So anything could have happened. You'd want them to all have the same training and the same coaching. So it wasn't like. <laughs> Two days before, I'm your coach now. Do as I – no, they would need to do the Kuzo way. It, it would, that part didn't make sense. What would have made sense is if he had really been kicked off the team and then Catherine Wade takes on the responsibility of being the fifth <laughs> member and does some yeah. like crazy kung fu shit on somebody. Well, yeah, she did – didn't she break the bricks to, to prove her worth early? She did. She's got yeah. skills. She's got skills. So – so yeah, that was another thing with the the alternates that I didn't quite understand. But uh, 
All right. Yeah. So we've got uh, Grady out. Tommy now is his rage has finally come out, and he nearly kills your boy Virgil in the process. Yeah, I mean, good. Virgil's he's not my boy. The f out. All right. Well, Virgil got knocked the f out. Yeah. Um, and Tommy storms off because he's like, okay, if I'm going to do this to poor Virgil, what right. the hell will I be capable of when I'm standing across from the man who killed my brother? Yeah. Mm. Now here's here's a question I have, right? Okay. It's only a, a day or two before competition and Virgil's over here holding the pad. What happened yeah. to those nameless dudes earlier who were counting? Couldn't right, we get one holding, of them to hold a pad? Yeah, they were holding their feet for the sit-ups. Yeah. Couldn't we get one of those guys to come hold a pad yeah. instead of having one of your actual fighters holding the pad? Or, yeah, that's where the alternate should have that's been. That's stupid. The pad. But yeah, again, there's a lot of questionable things in this movie um so yeah so now tommy's storming off he's gonna and, and some grady catches him though why is grady there oh did he came back that's right we we skipped over the fact that grady comes back and yeah, he's back coma, and he's begging for his spot back but then to your point the coach was like nope we want an alternate instead uh instead of you who i've spent all this time with uh and yeah so now we get tommy riding back to fresno Catherine Wade has now, you know, she wants to know what the hell's going on with this guy. She finds out, um, which was, I don't know. Did that do any good for anybody? I don't know. Basically, she just kind of something for her to bitch to Kuzo about. Um, And that's where Kuzo kind of admits, like, hey, I coached, I was his coach. Right. And, you know, and to what you mentioned earlier. I'm not going into this. I'm prepared again. Yeah. I didn't prepare my team properly last time and look what happened. Now that's why I'm being a hard ass. So history doesn't repeat itself. So, which, which makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he, I don't know it. If you look at the competition in the flashbacks, it looks like it was in a a elementary gym. (laughs) So I don't think anybody was prepared. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Usually you don't have the school functions don't usually <laughs> u.s versus like, south korea and yeah. it's in a little tiny gym so i mean yeah it's but it makes sense for the reasons you know for the film like you know now coach is is kind of a borderline asshole and he's pushing everybody to the limits but he should be doing that anyways you're you're freaking the right. elite of the elite right and why is it just the u.s and, and korea that have this competition every three years like well you think about like would, it, in, would japan be involved you would think or you know other sports like we they, have like the davis cup we have the Ryder cup or we the u.s plays uh you know different countries so u.s versus europe or the u.s versus canada or the u.s versus the rest of the world so why not all right we're the best baby we're the best of the best well we'll find out we will find out so we get the Tommy riding back. Uh, he stops. He sees the ice cream that we talked about as well earlier. Um, and uh, Travis, Sonny, and Virgil come to coach. And they're like, hey, we, we're going to need Alex and Tommy to win this thing. <laughs> and coach is like, you know what? These motherfuckers have finally become a team. <laughs> and they're all right. They do need them too because – None of them are going to score any points. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah, they knew what was coming. Um, so Alex is back. Virgil shaves. And moments before they're about to board the plane, somehow Tommy's at the airport. Uh, so he's back too. Motorcycle dude. And uh, there we go. And now we are live 
from Seoul, South Korea, hosted by our good friend Ahmad Rashad. Um, and uh, again, this is where we find out this happens every three years. Um, kind of the uh, it's full contact. You win either you, you score points, or if it's a knockout, then obviously you're the definitive winner. Um, so we get the coach Cuzo's pre-competition pep talk. He drops the old best of the best line, which is always appreciated when the title of the movie is said in the movie. I love it. Yep. One of my favorite things. And, uh, you now find out there is an American section of fans. Why not? You know, there's a a large contingent of American soldiers in Korea. Why wouldn't there be American fans there? There, there were, and specifically, as you pointed out as well, you alluded to earlier, Alex's mom and young Walter. Yes. And boy, does Alex's face light up when he sees that. You know, it's a big moment for him because I, I think that he was never the same after his injury and his, his kid never got to see him compete. The one thing that he says he's good at, that he knows he's good at, and the one place he feels at home and where he could actually, you know, be uh, good at something, of course, but now they get to watch him perform and right. the coach gets to come kind of full circle. He's learned so much. He's he, blah, 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 blah. What a pussy. <laughs> I thought the story was over with. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, but that is kind of realistic as far as yeah. how many wrestlers have we seen over the years that were ret- long retired, but then they have the kids and it's yeah. like, Oh, I kind of want my kids to see, yeah, that's see how dad I do what he used to do. Yeah. And, uh, suddenly they're back. Right. And how about, um, you know, the kid was just in a coma two days ago and now he's on a flight to Korea, which is like 19 hours or something. <laughs> That can't be good for like brain injuries. You know what I mean? It was a trauma. It's a serious trauma. <laughs> right. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, so, Not fly. So. Right. You shouldn't have fly. Yeah. The doctor would never have allowed that. No, but again, no. all that stuff was so rushed. Bad parenting. Very, very rushed. Um, <laughs> so the competition begins to your point. The, none of the early <laughs> matches mean much of all. It's, it's <clears throat> after, after two matches. It's Korea 20, U.S. 9. And I, I think after match one, it was 12 to – it was 11 to 7. I'm pretty sure it was 11 to 7. So Sonny so, actually got 7. Wow. Yeah. I, I had to rewatch it. I was like, no way. This yeah, see, sucks. I wasn't paying – I didn't pay attention. It obviously. was 11 to 7. Sonny barely lost. And then Virgil got two points. Hmm. He got destroyed. Yeah, I, that I remember. Uh, so then in Travis's match, you know, they, they point this out earlier that you have to do a demonstration of strength. Right. If it, if it ends in a tie. Uh, so this is the who could break the most bricks gimmick. Um, and I think this was kind of a, a bit of a swerve because he almost thought like, oh, well, they'll give it. To, they'll give it to Travis. Hell no, they didn't. No, he he did better than he should have, to be honest. Because when he, you know, throughout the whole training sequences with uh, Catherine Wade, he was never paying attention. So he no. should have been he should have been terrible at this, to be honest. That's true. They should that have made him true. like embarrassingly bad at it. They uh, should have let old Virgil break the bricks. Well, you know, he only got uh, he only got three points. So it was tied three to three in their fight. Right. Right. 
and you watch that and you're like three points in three rounds, what they do just freaking dance around each other. Yeah. Yeah. They must have. So obviously, you know, like you said that the three of them went to him and said, Hey, we need Alex and Tommy to win. And now it's definitely, it's, it's right. not a theory. It's, it's up to Alex and Tommy to score enough points right. for this thing to happen. Uh, so we get our Alex versus James Lou matchup. Um, the shoulder does come into play dislocated, uh, which I know how that feels and it's not good. Pop it. Pop it, pop it. Yeah. And, and they do, they pop it. Yeah. Tape it up. Cause he, at that point there was only 30 seconds left in the match. Yeah. So he's like, well, I could go for 30 more seconds. I dance guess. around him. Yeah. Dance. Yeah. So he does it. It's very dramatic. Uh, I believe it's a scene of the week. Yeah, uh, it really is. It's deserving of it as well. So now with that in mind, we've got Korea 29, US 22. And now it is time for our main event, Dayhan Park, Tommy Lee. And what a dramatic finish to this one, Chad. Because oh my God. you really think Tommy might go off the rails. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible fight. It, it's easily, like, far and away the best fight of the film. And, and the Alex-James Liu fight was good. Right. Uh, it's, you know, it's not terrible. It's pretty decent. And James Liu, of course, can make anyone look good. He's amazing. Uh, and I, I think Eric Roberts even does a good job. Like, he's fine. Uh, but, yeah, right. Dehan. Do we know, does Eric Roberts, is he, like, a practicing martial artist? I don't know. I know that I looked at his – uh, IMDb filmography and he has over 650 films. <laughs> so even if he spent one day in a third of those films, learning some sort of martial art, he's probably pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of action films. He has, but uh, yeah, I just, again, he's probably done some stuff. I don't know, but, but Dehan and Tommy Lee are uh, incredible. And, and Philip and Simon Ree like have uh, amazing chemistry, of course. And, the fight scene, it just uh, it kind of makes you want to see more of these two characters. And then, uh, as you alluded to, Tommy kind of beats the shit out of Dehan by the end. And Dehan is like, you know, he's got an eye patch throughout the whole film. And right. By the end of the fight, he's beaten, he's bloodied, and he's broken. He's just kind of, you know, fighting the urge to fall and and have that knockout loss. And that clock is ticking down as Tommy Lee kind of, you know, squeezes his fists and he just like wants to kill him so bad. Yeah. But he, but he doesn't, he doesn't deliver that knockout blow, even though it was there for the taking. Yeah. And ever in the coaches yelling and Alex is yelling, don't do it, Tommy. Oh Uh, yeah. Alex thinks you're going to kill him. Dude, Eric Roberts will make anything dramatic. He will cry. He cries so hard throughout this film. He, he was into it. Um, so he doesn't do it, but so he doesn't win. The Koreans win officially. Yeah. They have won the competition, but then uh, in a, not the, obviously the same as the Rocky Drago type thing, but we definitely get a, a situation. We get a moment there yeah. where Dehan limps over to Tommy and, you know, just is like, you know, you could, you won, you, you won that thing, right? but you showed me mercy. And then he shows him respect by giving him the gold medal. Then James Liu does the same for Alex and everybody else, even though those other freaking guys don't deserve them. 
But uh, I was kind of hoping they, I'm like, oh, do they not do it to all of them? I'm like, oh, no, they all got <laughs> Virgil and Sonny get nothing. Yeah, I would have loved that. Um, but it didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, we get the R-E-S-P-E-C-T moment there. Yeah. And uh, there it is. Best of the best. A very different movie than what the sequels would become. Yeah. Uh, but we could probably, we've, we've said that before and we'll, you know, we talked about Rambo, uh, Death Wish. Right. You know, it's, it's not unheard of that this happens uh, as, as movie franchises are born. Uh, but your final thoughts on 1989's Best of the Best. I mean, you know that I love it. Um, and, and this is one that's been on, on the list uh, of movies to review for this podcast for a while. And we kind of jumped at the opportunity because we didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and you knew that I love this movie. So you're right. like, yeah, shit, I'll do it. Well, let's do it. Why not? Right. So, right. um, and, and I, I love the final scene with Dehan and Tommy and, and the yeah. whole, the whole thing where he goes, you know, like, I'm sorry about your brother. Right. Uh, right. and I offer myself as a brother to you. Like to me, that, that shit, that hits hard right there. That's, that's some good stuff. And, and I know you haven't seen the second one, but Dehan is in the second one as well. Uh, so yeah so it's really cool in that movie as well how he pops back up um but yeah i think this is a great start to a franchise this this franchise reminds me of the substitute where uh you know the first movie is different from the rest of them and not just the actors involved but uh kind of like legitimacy of it you know the substitute one is like a yeah one and two are are similar i would say but yeah then we get into steroids and football players and and best of best is the same way where real martial arts competition and then kind of wackier fighting for money competition right and then like you know white supremacists and neo-nazis and whatever terrorists so russian terrorists yeah so it gets out of hand but yeah the first this first film is so different than everything else was being made it just yeah it makes me it puts a smile on my face yeah again we said it, I said at the top, there's the nostalgia view of it. There's the, if you just kind of recently became acquainted with it, like I did. But one thing I could say is it has a freaking strong finish and you know, all the nitpicking you could do along the way, it ends strong. And I think, you know, that's what you leave with. Um, you kind of could forgive a lot of the nonsense from right. earlier, like with the alternates in the, in the coma that barely was. And these guys all a bit like it was basically the same story. You had two guys, like you said, you didn't need, you already had Tommy leaving. You didn't need Alex and Tommy leaving. Right now. I wonder if, so, you know, coach Cuzo is like, Don, get the alternate ready. And Don's like, uh, the what? Right. <laughs> He's like, uh, I have not planned for an alternate. We have and then no once alternates. everybody, <laughs> once everybody showed up, he's like, Oh, thank God. All right. Well, there we go. Best of the best. Was this our best of the best podcast? Probably no, not, but maybe definitely, so. Definitely not. The dog didn't think so. Well, he's he's one of the toughest critics we have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you want, dog. You got nothing here. Go. I'm about to wrap this thing up. I don't. I talk to this dog like he understands what I'm saying, but that's I, I guess what people do when they have dogs. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we want to encourage you to check out BulletproofAction.com. Something new each and every day. And, Chad, we are working hard to put that content out there for everybody. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Right, Chad? Yeah.
I would if I were you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're not biased at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, I've, I've probably produced, uh, I don't know, two things this year. So yeah, it's so, yeah, some the, good stuff out there. Yeah. Like the bad pack. I, I was yeah. a little jealous that you found that before I did. Because I had I, to run a search to make sure you hadn't watched it. Cause I couldn't believe that you had not reviewed that yet. And that did very well for the site. Uh, Mr. Robert Davi himself shared that link out. So uh, what a handsome man. I like him already. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly that. So yeah. also starred uh, Ralph Moeller. Was that his name? Yeah, who's from who's, Best of the Best too? As Best Brock of the Best too? Yeah, fucking yeah. Right. yeah. And of course, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, the legend. Yeah, he's barely in it, but he was in it. He was there. Okay. Well, there that you blonde, have the blonde was super super sexy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, speaking of super sexy, how about the Bulletproof Action YouTube channel? Channel. Oh boy, you know, <laughs> there's not always new content, but uh, the content is on there. Ooh. Is it going to tickle your fancy? Oh, yeah. And uh, recently you put up one of our classic episodes of the Bulletproof Podcast. Episode three, as a matter of fact, where we had our first very special guest, the first appearance of Michael Worth on the show. Yeah. How sexy was that? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Episode three, we talked with our buddy Michael about uh, Fists of Iron. He may, he may not come back if he hears this. But, uh, <laughs> come on, come on. He just celebrated a birthday. He certainly you know, did. We're, we're, we're on board with the Michael Ward train. We're big fans. Absolutely. But absolutely. yeah, we're hoping, hoping to uh, continue to upload those. And, and for you people who don't listen to podcasts on Spotify or iTunes or any other shit we're on, um, <laughs> just pull it up on YouTube and Turn it on in the background and walk away. YouTube away. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so check it out, our YouTube channel. You can find the link, of course, on bulletproofaction.com. And next time, right here, at least what we're planning, whether it happens or not, don't yep. hold us to it. But th- the plan right now is to talk about 1992's Gladiator, Chad. And that's one I know you're a fan of, I'm a fan of. Yes. And so is our special guest. He'll be back for the first time in quite a while. Uh, RTG will be back. Yeah, I don't know. What's, what's been going on with that guy? Yeah, his, he, uh, his, his schedule has definitely changed. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's busier now. I don't know. He, it seems like he's watched 17 movies a day. Yes, it does seem like he watches <laughs> 17 movies a day. But How's I know that possible. I, I think he goes to bed early, though, much earlier oh, okay. than when we record these podcasts normally. So, gotcha. I think okay. that's a big part. His his work schedule change, which then changes, and you know, so unless we're available on the weekends, it's tough to to get all that. Well, together. we're we're looking forward to hooking up with him again here soon. So, and I understand from him that he has a James Brown update. Oh, thank and I God! Know people are wondering about the the current state state of James Brown's remains. You know uh, how so, that makes me feel? How? I feel good. All right. Thank you very much. And I don't think we could get any better than that. So we may as well wrap things up. Thank you, Chad, for this best of the best conversation. And as always, I want to thank our fans for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 